This is great. Fun, hostile energy right out the gate. Fun, hostile energy. It's the best That's way to do it. That's just what I bring to the table, you know? Y'all are going mean, to be I've divorced listened... by the end of this, and it'll be my fault. I mean, we've often joked that this will be a very interesting <laughs> uh, experiment. Yeah. You will either see the progression of our relationship as it strengthens through the years, yeah. or you will see it slowly degrade as we then eventually hate each other, and then it'll become this, right around the same time people are actually listening to us, we'll, we will become so publicized as we, you know, divorce, and, like, there will be this permanent record on the internet of our, uh, you know, decline in marriage. And the episode... 322 that's it that was that was the one where you could definitely tell they were going to get divorced now yeah. I want to do the math and be like if we continue at a monthly pace 322 no! are you planning on divorcing me <laughs> it's like marriage story but in just very slow motion <laughs> entirely too Real long podcast. that's exactly correct well should we go ahead and get started then uh okay <laughs> all right well welcome uh, let's stick around for 20 more minutes <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for being with us. This is the In Love With Movies podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Nick. And we are joined by a close friend of ours, Ben Hebert. Yeah. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Ben. You know, um, for a very long time, actually, probably until like last week, um, I thought your name was, I, I always heard like our coach pronounce it Hebert. And I was sure. like, wow, that's a fancy way to say Herbert. So you thought they were like just doing it as a joke? Yeah. I, because I can't read apparently. <laughs> No, oh, this is like... something I've lived with my entire life. Yeah, what are your most common pronunciations of your life? Uh, so for the listener at home, my last name is spelled H-E-B-E-R-T. And so the, the sort of three wrong ones that I get more often than I get correct pronunciations are uh, Hebert, Herbert, and Hebert. <laughs> None of those things, despite what literally every teacher and professor I've ever had might tell you. I think there was only one that I've had that got it right uh, on the first try. And that was astonishing. It's always astonishing to me when someone gets it right on the first try, but it is pronounced a bear. Is it French? Uh, yes, Cajun to be exact. Really? It is the most common Cajun last name, uh, but no one outside of Louisiana knows how to handle it. Interesting. Were you born in Louisiana? No, but my dad was. I was born in Houston, which is very close to Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. So the reason I actually knew how to pronounce it, because I'll be honest, Ben, uh, I did not know your last name the entire time that you've been on uh, improv teams with Danielle. You're just like, oh, the bearded guy who sings good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy. Yeah. That right. Guy. No, I no, that's I, that's the same way. I don't I'm not 100 percent sure what Danny's last name is, uh, you know. <laughs> Me neither. It but that's just because of social media. I think you yeah. have it some weird hybrid something. So uh, it's your when you gave me your phone number a few weeks ago, I just put you in my phone as Danny Mint. <laughs> Danny Mint. Yes. yes. Dan Danny Mint. Well, but I knew that it was a bear only because of how you describe it on your podcast dream. Yes. Week. I spell it at the end of every episode when I give out my uh, Twitter and Instagram ha handles. Wow, look at that. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Also, Ben, I'll can do I it at the end say... of this episode, too. Absolutely, you may say. This is your <laughs> podcast. You're allowed to say things. Correct. Okay, so you, you don't need my permission. Stop I'm the guest. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the attitude. <laughs> you have a podcast that my husband here is, he's really obsessed. Like, he kind Big of fan. is a huge fan of yours. Like, he's like, can we get I'm ben? not even kidding. Can we, can we have Ben? And I'm like, yeah, Ben's fine. That's, that's literally how the conversations went. She was like hesitant. Yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you listen to this guy on his podcast, he's going to be great. He's hilarious. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought Ben was funny. <laughs> no, you're not alone. For that's what most women are, think of me. We are on the same improv team. We've been on the same improv team for a couple of years. I guess we've had a gap uh, the past couple of months, but yeah, it's it's been a, a long time since our last show. Yeah. In fact, we won a competition at our last show, and we were supposed to get a four-week run at Second City. It was supposed to be, you know, a big we'll, deal. We'll still get it eventually, I guess. I hope. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, so we've, we've got a bear. That's how I remember this. I mean, he's a big, fuzzy, furry-looking man like a bear. A bear on our podcast. That he, It rhymes with daycare, if that helps he at all. talks about that on his, on his pod. But but our topic this oh, yeah, uh, this month, listeners, so we'll try to, I'm going to try and steer us back towards a slightly more productive uh, digression, although you're enjoying it. Uh, we're, we're looking, uh, we're talking this, this month about looking for love in quarantine. Isn't that right, Danielle? 
And so why does that mean, Danny, that we have our friend Bay Ben A. Bear? Why do we have our Bay on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> our Bay Ben A. Bear. Uh I think, are you looking for love in quarantine, Ben? Uh, I have had, uh, it, dating during quarantine has been a unique experience for me. Yeah. Um, Indeed. And one, quite unlike uh, my experiences dating in the past. Okay. So that's one of the things that I actually did want to talk about. Maybe we can just launch into that. What, uh, just, just broad strokes. Sure. Start with the obvious things, then maybe get a little more detailed as we go. How Absolutely. are things different Dating in quarantine versus well, dating in quarantine or dating in, in non-quarantine. I, I like to believe, and, and you know, my therapist is trying to tell me that this is because I've, you know, been working on a lot of self-improvement, but I've just like, I, I had a lot more success during quarantine uh, than I did previously in terms of like uh, initial matches. Uh, it didn't turn into not necessarily more meetings, uh, just sort of due to the nature of quarantine. I just think people are a little more desperate uh, for starters. <laughs> and that, that certainly that includes me. Yeah. Like when quarantine started, I had recently sworn off online dating, uh, was going to do the whole intentionally single thing for a while. Uh, and then that was in like January when I made that decision. And then the world was like, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, so I made it a good three weeks. Uh, it was about early April when I got back on the various uh, sites and apps. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, this time around there, there are definitely, it feels like people are, you know, still looking to meet someone regardless of situations, but now there's just less opportunity to do it. Uh, and, and so there's that initially. And then as you sort of, you know, as your matches hopefully sort of, you know, progress and you, you continue to talk to these people more often, it's, it's a strange it's harder to sort of transition from an online conversation to an in-person meeting. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Cause you know, before that was very simple. Uh, but now that we are sort of in the midst of a pandemic, especially Chicago, which has been on tight lockdown sort of since the beginning. It's hey, hey, tomorrow we uh, are on stay at home again. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. like, you have to have this conversation of like, where are you at? What do you feel comfortable with? Uh, that kind of thing. And there are some people that like I started talking to who after a couple weeks, uh, you know, had to relocate for whatever reason to, you know, another state. So, uh, wow. you know, maybe that conversation kept going for a little while, but uh, they, they, you know, did not see those people in person for obvious reasons. Interesting. So have you gone on any like, like, what does dating look like? Have you FaceTime dated? Have you actually like met up in an outdoor area? Like what have they worn a mask the whole time? And you're like, I literally have no idea what they look like. So um, the first sort of like quarantine date you might say I went on was just like watching the same thing on Netflix at the same time and either talking or texting on the phone. Um, I did eventually get to go on an in-person date with someone and we just like had a picnic in a park. Um, so, and like, uh, I have since continued to date that person. And so it's, you know, we we have done some outside activities, you know, as, as much as possible. Like we've been to a couple drive-in movies, um, which has been fun. But most now that we're sort of, you know, have gotten to know each other and we're not afraid that I'm a murderer, uh, <laughs> it, dating is mostly just, you know, dinner and Netflix at her place which is fine. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy that, but it's, you know, it, it, it gets a little, mon the, just sort of the same after a while. It, it struck me recently. I, I live in an area of Chicago that has a lot of like restaurants that are still open. And, and I was like walking by them on the way to the grocery store. And I saw, you know, a couple clearly on a romantic date. And it just occurred to me that like, I've been dating the same person for about three months now. And we've never, you know, gone to eat out together because we're both good people. <laughs> um, but it's like I love it. That was waiting for the uh, the the comedy shoe to drop and the, the real life to hit. Yes. It's all about timing. Um, yes, but it was just kind of like sad that this is like by this point, you know, of the oh thousands of women I've dated. Um, <laughs> don't laugh, Nick. <laughs> oh, no, for the two or three women that I've dated uh, for this long, we've definitely gone out to eat 
at a restaurant at least yeah. once. And so that's like just, and like, you know, maybe uh, another thing we, we would go see a movie in a movie theater, which is something that I personally have enjoyed for a very long time. So there's these, you know, these sort of classic dating dates, I guess you would call them, uh, that just aren't an option. And maybe one day if, you know, fingers crossed this relationship continues and fingers crossed this pandemic ends we can <laughs> go eat in a restaurant together for the first time you know who knows how long after we met that's crazy wow. have you I have another question do you feel like you've skipped a step then because i feel like with me and nick when we were dating okay did bring you back to my house after the first date but <clears throat> um okay mom i kissed him that's it okay but like you know, I, I felt like I saw Nick a lot more at work, which is where we met. And then in public, we would go out to restaurants, we go to concerts, we do all those things. I would like intentionally wear makeup and put on a bra. And now <laughs> quarantine's kind of like, you're already in her house and you're already just like chilling, doing Netflix. Do you feel like you've skipped anything? Is that better because you're just more comfortable or? Yes and no. Um, to, you know, all joking aside, I don't have a very robust dating history until fairly recently. So maybe I'm not the best person to compare current to now. But just in, in what limited experience I have in the past, you know, uh, we sort of transitioned to that sort of just hanging out Netflix and chill situation about the same time frame. But as for like, okay, actually trying and wearing clothes, we'll do that. But it's within the context of an apartment, you know, okay, so we will we're, we're still trying maybe a little less so as, as time goes on, but at least in the, you know, in the last month or two, you know, we're still putting our best foot forward, you know, making it look good for each other. Uh, I think she's going to be coming over to my place to meet my new cat uh, sometime this week. And I'm going to make my bed before she comes <laughs> over because we're not there yet. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I like ever made my bed when you would know Nick to- had the first time I saw Nick's bed there were literally toenail clippings like all over it I was like okay yikes I, I guess there really is someone for everyone <laughs> hey you got to be your authentic self that's what sure. I said yeah, I, I guess so yeah ironically that's no longer a thing that I do because it's not t- ironically that's training oh you fixed him <laughs> um okay can I talk about cats real quick so, um, absolutely Tell us the story of how you just got a cat today. What's what what was happening with that? Um, so I recently moved into my own apartment. I live alone for the first time. Uh, here I am, almost twenty eight years old. Uh, it feels great. I never want to go back. Um, but but uh, prior to this, I had been living with a roommate who had a cat, and you know, growing up, my family had some cats at various times. I've just always loved cats. So when I moved out on my own, I knew that I was going to get a cat eventually. Um, and then early, early October or something, I I had had a couple drinks and a friend of mine sent me an Instagram post from a a cat shelter. And so I was like, I was vulnerable. Uh, you know know how it is. You just, these, these are the sort of decision you make. So I started, I, I, I found a shelter near me and I, I made an application for a cat, um, that just got ignored I guess because I never heard back so a week later I applied for another cat with the same shelter and sort of that went on for about four or five weeks until eventually last week I gave up on them just because I never heard back and even their their website said like we'll get back to you in seven to ten days if we think you're a good match so I guess I just they just don't think I'm a good match for any of their cats so last week I gave up on this shelter that shall not be named um (laughs) but rhymes with Blas Blicago. <laughs> uh, so I, I, there's another one near me that I'll, I'll shout this one out because it's they got me a cat. Uh, it, it's called the Cat Cade. It's a little cat lounge on Belmont. You might be familiar oh, yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, last week, uh, like on a Sunday, I, I applied for a cat. And less than 24 hours later, they were like, yeah, we got one. You want a cat? We'll give you a cat. <laughs> uh, and I was honestly faster than I expected. So I was like, I can pick up your cat on Sunday. Uh, which is for the listener is today. Uh, so about Surprise, seven and a half hours ago, the same day that they released. I know that's a shocker for this me. This isn't a live podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I put on too many clothes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so f- last weekend, Friday night, I, I went on a, 
a quarantine date as, as close as we can come, which is her and I went to pick up some equipment for a cat. I didn't have a litter box or food or anything like that. And then today I, uh, you know, walked down to the cat cade, got a cat, threw it in a bag, walked home. And uh, he's here now just sort of hanging out under my bed. So was it just like one of those plastic bags that you get groceries in? That's the bag. It was a, so in my, uh, my day job, I'm a bank robber. Uh, so it was a burlap sack with a big yeah. dollar sign on okay, it. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes I just sense. threw them over yeah. my shoulder. And, yeah. I think I've seen that before. Do you want to um, like unveil your cat's name? His name is Blaine uh, oh. because that's the name that he had when I applied for him. And I haven't been able to come up with anything better. And he's two years old. So I don't know if he's like had this name for a long time. I don't want to confuse him. You know, if, if someone started calling me by a new name out of the blue and expected me to respond to that, it would be a little disrespectful, you know? Well, Steven, I don't understand what you're talking about with regards to that. <laughs> Why did you call Danny Steven? <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, it seems like this might be a theme, you know, you had given up on love. Yeah dating happened you had given up on cat applications and then the cat <laughs> happened so good luck for your um your lady in the future you and your lady thanks i'm a gonna give look. up on a paying comedy career wink wink <laughs> 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 oh no guess that's not gonna happen let me ask you this yes since we're both in the comedy community hey i'm interested why you you preferred online dating over just like maybe meeting a comedian lady well, honestly, that's what I was going to try. Um, it, it's not that I was going to give up, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to uh, just sort of be, you know, alone for a long time. I, I was going to take a break from online dating and brush up on my actual dating a person that I know skills. Are you asking me why I didn't ask you out ever? Because you're married. That's why. Um, like that. Yeah. So like that, that, that was the plan. Um, and you know ask me out no no <laughs> someone else out who i don't know but yeah um yes how many people did you approximately uh let's use the quotation marks talk to uh using online dating prior to your amazing lady friend that you have now been seeing for three months so there's a what a three month period or something more than that in there and let's say like actually had a back and forth of say two or three messages you know not like a hey how are you i'm okay and then nothing else happened but you know how many people would you say you were conversing with prior to that happening i don't know what experience you have online with with online dating but a two to three message conversation is cheap <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you talk so, to someone one day and you're still talking to them a few days later that's that's worth talking about. let's go with let's go with that okay. let's go with that uh, i'm the expert here uh so <laughs> well i don't remember the exact number because i don't it's okay like ballpark it i didn't expect you to count we'll just say five i did okay 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 yeah. five five, okay. five conversations that maybe you know made it a week or longer okay and i'm curious then so like in your dating experience because i'm still the thing i'm most curious about sure. is um is me and my dating life well yes that is in fact why we have i you. understand i'm very fascinating um well but like i'm more curious about like the difference between sort of my experiences or our experiences online dating because danielle and i were both doing that a little bit before we met each other in fact how we how did you two meet at work yeah listeners Super are tired fun. of this story at this point but uh yeah i don't listen to your podcast <laughs> Uh, with that note, though, we probably ought to go ahead and move on to our Closer Through Science Don't segment. Don't dare make me explain it. <laughs> What's Closer Which... Through Science, Danny? <laughs> There's some questions on this list that we ask each other, okay? And you get closer. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is based on uh, actual published paper about get, making strangers closer to each other, and then it has been used by especially relationship therapists for years since it has been developed. But it is a series of questions that they, they showed that if you make them, make two strangers ask these questions and answer them to, for each other while looking each other in the eyes, we use this same series of questions to get closer to each other, to get closer to our guests, and to get closer yeah. to you listeners, because you can share your stories with us and your answers to these questions using the hashtag closer through science on any of our social media accounts. Wow, what a fun premise for a segment on a podcast. I love it. Can Thank I you. throw out a fun fact, actually? No. We're watching... <sighs> Danny, this is your podcast. Stop <laughs> asking for permission. You're right. Be assertive. I'm throwing out a fun fact, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Fun fact. 
uh, we were watching Big Bang Theory the other day. We're like four seasons behind because I got sick of it for a while. But <laughs> that's okay. I'm like, how many seasons are there? Twelve. <laughs> okay, I'm at least twelve seasons behind. Yeah, okay, so Penny and Sheldon. I don't remember why, but they had to like get closer. They had to connect to each other, blah, blah, blah. And they used this actual study and they were asking questions. And me and Nick were like, oh, we've asked this on our podcast it's before. It's a thing. It's and a thing. Right. Listeners, uh, actual loyal listeners, unlike our, our guest here, they will actually know that uh, we even had our therapist recommend this or my therapist rather. Correct. So, All right, Ben Herbert, I have it. a question for you. Not my name, but continue. <laughs> what is the greatest accomplishment of your life oh that's a deep question um i'd say like moving into my current apartment uh it, it may seem like a small thing but this is you know this is the first time i've ever lived alone um and, and sort of so it's not just you know this very small space i have uh but it's sort of everything that it represents because you know i had to uh, save a lot of money. I, I had to sort of rehab my credit score because that wasn't in a great place. Uh, so, you know, in, in terms of like personal achievement, uh, but also, you know, I moved to Chicago about three and a half years ago uh, on the idea of pursuing a career in comedy. Didn't have a job, you know, had some money in the bank uh, and a friend that I could stay with for a little while. Um, and, you know, always this fear sort of always hung over me that uh, for you know, financial reasons or for, for housing reasons, I'd have to, you know, pull the emergency chute and move back to Houston. But the fact that I am like here in this apartment that I found and am paying for completely on my own uh, represents just how far I've come since then. Um, and and it's, it's sort of representative of the fact that I'm, I'm here and I'm still following my dream, um, you know, in 2020, as much as that is possible <laughs> in this day and age. I love that. That's awesome. And I've I've seen a, a tour of your house of your uh, yes, my humble abode. And it's it looks nice, y'all. It's nice. It's a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener, I have a studio apartment. <laughs> but it is. I mean, you have it set up very nice. Last time I talked, thank to you. 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 Were cooking some fancy meal, like you you got it, man. You got it made. I'm doing it. <laughs> You're actually such a kind person and supportive. I was like struggling so hard to resist the joke to be like, okay, so let's quantify how great this life altering best. No, let's do it. I'm ready. How many square foot are we talking? No, just oh, it's a shameful amount. Yeah. No. Barely enough for one man and one cat. So you're more happily now because you have a cat. Because love is what makes a home a special place. Indeed. I'm going to wood burn that onto some an old palette and sell it to white women on etsy that's a good idea i'd buy it probably my, i'd pay like my up mom to would too eight dollars for that i think 78 but not 79 no that's too much all right well while ben is burning his uh wood palette with that glorious message listener uh please take a moment and uh, listen to this brief break where you have to hear us try to sell you some things brief break brief break and we will come back to talk about what movie ben Oh, the the greatest, possibly the best best movie ever made. Uh, it's a little film you may have heard of it called Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield. I can't wait to talk about beep, it. Beep, beep, beep. Me too. In love with movies. Da da da. In love with movies. Da da da. Is it recording? Yeah. Oh, and we're back. <laughs> welcome back to you movie lovers and welcome back ben oh you missed us yeah it was such a long break how did oh the uh God. how did the wood burning go oh it went terrible uh, instead of wood burning it was more of a wood burning um so <laughs> i'm actually recording this uh from the parking lot of a hospital ah that's um, right. just sort of that's here in the cold waiting for an uber to take you. me okay. uh to somewhere i can stay the night i hope blaine's okay <laughs> he died oh, no. <laughs> And with so, that lovely note, <laughs> what movie are we discussing, Danny? Uh, oh, speaking of cat angels, we're going to talk about Angels in the Outfield. From and 1951. What? What? Oh, we watched the wrong movie. Dang it. <laughs> oh, you watched the new one, didn't you? <laughs> oh, shucks. 
Did y'all know this? No, Angels in the Outfit from 1994. Did y'all know it was a remake? Not no. until we went to go find this movie. Yeah. And every source to stream it kept directing us to a 1951 uh -huh. movie. The original is on Amazon Prime, but this is only on YouTube. And we did not watch it illegally. We obviously found a copy of VHS and watched oh, yeah. it that way. Sure. I flew to my parents' house where they still have, <laughs> I'm assuming, the VHS I watched growing up. It, it honestly was wild, though. Today's day and age, you know, in quarantine, you ha can have access to anything. And this is a dang Disney movie. Why yeah. was it not on Disney Plus? Yeah, honestly, Whoa. Disney Plus, you really do need to get on that. No joke. Yeah, Disney Plus is obviously listening to this podcast right now. So uh, put this movie Disney on. Plus is the equivalent of, you know, major governments because they're Disney and therefore they yeah. are actually listening to this oh, podcast. Uh, I just well everything saw... Else a news blip that disney bought this podcast ah. so, congratulations We're why rich. didn't we get paid <laughs> uh that because i sold it to disney so. <laughs> goodbye all right dang it and we're immediately being replaced with blaine and bing but before we get to a little bit more of the, your love story with this show ben because yes. we want to know why you love it danny why don't you summarize the uh the plot of this movie with danny's dingle danny's for us. dingles danny's dingles we need a jingle for Danny's Dingles. It's Danny's Dingle time. Here's a Danny's Dingle rhyme. She'll tell you what the movie's about. It's Danny's Dingle time. Oh, well, now that's our. I dingle. was going to use that if I had no, an actually the mic right there at the end. Sorry. <laughs> okay, All right. Do we need a clean one? Because <laughs> I can come up with something better. Let's do it after. I actually okay. genuinely, we could work on that anyway. All right. Danny's Dingles. Let me tell you about this movie. Baseball team bad they're very bad coach beats up players sad boy in foster care whose father is still alive yet gives him up children become mascots angels are seen angels interfere angels angels cannot interfere in championship angels win adoption the smoker pitcher dies <laughs> Damn. And that's been Danny's Dingles. Danny's Dingles. Danny's Dingles rhyme. I'm not going to do this as well as Ben. <laughs> I'm already rewriting. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, can you tell us a little bit about why you chose Angels in the Outfield? Like your love story with this movie, a.k.a. the first time you watched it, why you fell in love with it? What's your history? Really... Why'd you get us to watch it? I don't remember the first time I watched this movie. Growing up as a kid, uh, we had this big wooden trunk just full of VHS tapes, mostly Disney movies, and this was one of them that we just watched endlessly on repeat because when you're homeschooled, you have a lot of time home <laughs> alone to just watch movies. Um, and this this was always a favorite of mine, mainly because of the baseball connection. Uh, I've been a baseball fan for, again, as, as long as I can remember. You know, it's, it's something that my dad passed down to me. Uh, and, and we still talk about it to this day. Uh, so there is definitely that. So uh, when, when Danny first approached me with the idea of being on this podcast, uh, I, I was told that it's, it's you know, uh, movies and something that we love. And I love baseball, uh, especially now this year because of COVID, of course. There was a baseball season that was significantly shortened. Um, and I wasn't able to go to any games. This is the first year in almost a decade that I have that I didn't see a baseball game in wow. person. Uh, so maybe, you know, I, I didn't really consider it at the time, but maybe it's a little subconscious uh, longing for my favorite sport. Wow. I, have two I figured, you know, it would fit with the just sort of the theme of the podcast. I know y'all have watched Hocus Pocus and Smart House. So it just seems we do seem to have a Disney pension, don't seems, we? Uh, but very specifically a mid 90s Disney <laughs> uh, sort of lesser knowns may or may not know. have been my childhood. You're okay. not going to watch. You're not going to talk about Lion King. You're not going to talk about, you know, Beauty and the Beast, but an Angel in the Outfield. That one slides under the radar. It really does. <laughs> but um, it shouldn't, because who's in this movie? I wrote this down. This is one of the most underrated films, and you can look at the star-studded cast. Not only you, do you, you um, can look at the name. sky right now, and you won't see a single star. Do you know why? Because they're all in Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> you're you're so right. You're so right. Danny Glover, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I Matthew know. McConaughey. One year coming out of Dazed and Confused, people still didn't really know who Matthew McConaughey was, and yet I... now we know he's a household name. I didn't know, Matt, obviously when I was a child, I hadn't seen Days and Confused, still haven't, <laughs> but I didn't know who Matthew McConaughey was. So like, 
a few years ago when I read that Matthew McConaughey was in this movie, I tried to think back and remember who he was and I couldn't. So I made it a goal for this watching to single him out. And it was very easy to do. Yes. He was a very central character. He is, he is very apparent. Well, he's, he like the, he's like the first he's, guy He's the who first has baseball angels. player to be assisted by an angel. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. And he goes, who? Now, did you he also has his shirt Brody? off a lot. He does, I like that part. Hmm? Did you catch Adrian Brody? Absolutely I did. As the, Absolutely. I think, I, I've seen a lot of baseball movies, so I've seen a lot of actors play baseball players, and I think he may be the baseball player on film who looks the least like an actual baseball player. <laughs> he is, he is small. He is. <laughs> Let's be honest. And I don't just mean height. I mean he's just got some like soft noodly arms in this movie. <laughs> Maybe he worked out. It doesn't. It doesn't show. Uh, I mean, he was obviously. Uh, he, they said he was the worst hitter on the worst team when no, they I believe got started. It. Yeah. So they, they said they said he's known for his glove. Uh, so I, you know, he's a small guy. He's probably quick. Can really sure. flash the leather. I'm a big yeah. base. I'm going to be throwing in a lot of baseball talk. Love it, love it, because I cannot. So please do. I, that's what that. I was. I'm really hoping to confuse y'all. <laughs> you a big baseball fan, Danny? I do know baseball. I'm a Sax fan. I'm a South oh. fan. Okay, let's talk about some. I'm more. an Astros yeah. fan. We, we also baseball. obviously cannot underplay uh, JGL. Yeah, wait. Hold on, Tony no. Danza. Oh, sorry. Tony Danza. Sorry, my bad. Tony Danza. Other names to do too first. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Early '90s genius, like. Yeah. Camp Nowhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Preach. Uh, um, my favorite Martian, right? My favorite Martian. That's a good one. Speaking of obscure Disney movies, that's not obscure. That's like one of the best movies ever made. Oh, it did. Mm-hmm. Still okay. be that's obscure. Not what obscure means. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Joseph the main Levitt. character. Yeah, yeah, and and I think Tony it's sort Danza? of not the first. Yeah. yeah, in 1994, I didn't. Well, I didn't know a lot. I was two. But I think the first time I watched, sure. I didn't know who anyone was except for Christopher Lloyd because he showed up in a lot of my favorite movies when I was younger. So you didn't recognize Brenda Fricker? I, I did, but only as from Pigeon where? Lady. The Pigeon Lady from Home Alone 2 lost to New York. Come oh. on, Danny. Sorry. Is that the one with Trump? I can't it watch it It is the anymore. one with Trump. <laughs> Briefly, yeah. <laughs> Not if you watch it on cable. He gets cut out. I was going to say, don't worry. Disney will edit that. <laughs> But actually, that reminds us. Danielle, why don't you give us a brief uh, love story for you and this movie? Oh, yeah. I can't remember, really. Oh, okay. I don't re- like. I don't remember watching this, like you just said, but I don't Have remember the first before? No, I've definitely seen it. I just don't remember the first time. Yeah. It was just like part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I We were big baseball fans. My brother paid, played baseball all through high school. I played softball until I got smashed in the face, and I was like, ah, I think I quit. Mm then took up Irish dancing. Um, so yeah, it was just like, it's you a different kind of smashed. <laughs> <laughs> so I never, I, I, I never attached to the baseball thing by any means. Um, but as Danny and some listeners will know, I like struggle to fall asleep without something on the background, without a television. And that has started since early, early on in my life. I can remember basically the moment I had my own room, I had my own television and I had one of those old TVs uh, that was like so cool when you got a TV that had the VHS or the VCR in the television. Yeah. Mind blown. So I had... The screen was like 12 inches. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I could barely see it from across the room. But anyway... It was like two feet wide. (laughs) Yes. And I I would watch movies to, to fall asleep and I would put in VHSs because... You know, there wasn't anything on at nine o'clock at night or or later in the the stuff when I was going to sleep. But this one, I can remember it was the first one I can recall starting to see the like fuzziness at some point eventually on the tape when I would try to watch it because you had just watched it so many times that the quality of the actual tape itself was was starting to degrade. Yeah, Nick was throwing out quotes during this movie and I was like, I didn't know you knew it. I literally (laughs) could not count the number of times that I had watched this movie. I usually, I had this thought as I was watching it, the scene where he has is talking to uh, the owner, Danny Glover is talking to the owner the first time they're kind of like standing up at the top of the ballpark, looking down on the thing. That image is like burned in my head because it was honestly usually like the last, that's about as far as I would get into the movie before I would have fallen asleep. (laughs) So that saw up to that point many, many times and then beyond that, you know, but you don't know how the movie ended until recently. (laughs) I actually just found that out last night when we watched this. Spoiler alert. They win. (laughs) I genuinely did not remember any of the plot points. Oh, I remembered everything. Except for like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt flapping his arms. Like, that's what I remembered the most, which is the. Ooh. That's because that's the emotional 
crown to this movie and yeah. the thing that Danielle did not remember and I was like yeah and the important part is it's the whole stadium stands up to do it because they're all inspiring and it's this great moment spoiler alert uh, listeners and then the the funny and interesting thing is that the angels aren't there it's the one time when the angels yeah, aren't there he's totally lying like, what huh <laughs> i thought about this I, reason I, is better <laughs> angels logic is weird because they can help you win but they can only help you for so long they're only gonna help you if you're nice i don't know exactly some interesting rules anyway yeah. i'm sorry i wanted to make sure we got our, our love stories danielle did you have something more to say no Okay, in that case, Ben, what would you like to talk about with the rest of this movie? Any scenes that stuck out to you? Any favorite parts? We know where I often fell asleep sure. to. You know, what's your favorite moment of the movie? Man, there were just so many, like, this movie was, I, I haven't seen this movie in well over 15 years before last night. Um, so a lot of it was just like, it, it was just such an old jacket of a movie that I just like immediately remembered what happens next. And like, oh, this is where he goes into the Coke and he drinks the angel. That's fun. Um, <laughs> but I also tried to watch it this time around from the lens of a diehard baseball fan Ooh. and just tried to see like how much of this would make sense in it from an actual baseball standpoint. <laughs> how uh, did it that way? Well, angels aside, it really, this is not a well-run team, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you know, just to get, let's get into the nitty gritty real quick. There's this pitcher, Whit Bass, played by the incredible Neil McDonough. Anyone? Uh, yes, yes. From Captain the, the America. Blue, the blue eye guy? Blue eyes, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Yes, you know him. The bad guy from Desperate Housewives. The bad guy from Justified. Yeah. The bad guy from Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> um, this is the first time I've never seen him, or I haven't seen him as a bad guy. I've always Well, seen have you seen Captain America, the first Avenger? She has. She just doesn't remember. Then him. you saw him as Dum Dum Dugan, the guy with the mustache and the bowler hat. Oh, so he either plays a dum dum or a bad guy. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he did play a dum dum in Angels in the Outfield. That's for sure. Yeah, he had so much gum in his mouth. <laughs> so he's he he plays Whit Bass, who is a pitcher, apparently. Uh, but I can't. I struggle to figure out exactly what his role is there in the uh, rotation. He seems to be a starting pitcher, but he starts two games in a row. Um, and then later on, there is, uh, it's like, there's this montage when they start winning where we see him start two games in a row. And then there's like a newspaper where it says that, uh, he came in and to pitch relief, which I guess like starting pitchers can relieve some, but it's only in like desperation. Like he could be a starter, like an opener, which is a concept in, in baseball that really didn't start to take on until like last year or so. We had 12 listeners for this podcast, and now we have four. <laughs> <laughs> you do you realize that my goal. Like uh, baseball, we probably yeah. actually went from 12 to 16. <laughs> I do this thing sometimes where I just sort of challenge myself to start talking and not stop until someone interrupts me. Well, Nick was sleeping on that one. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I tuned out for a second. I do want to point out, I wrote it somewhere in my notes i was like this really is a a baseball movie because there's probably that like ending scene is very long on just like logistics of the game like in the third inning in the sixth inning in the eighth inning it's like 25 minutes of like this is just what's happening in the baseball game yeah i actually did have that thought that back when i would have been watching this as a kid i would have had even less concept of like top of the whatever inning and bottom of the the sixth and you know how that matters in terms of bases being loaded and the amounts of points that can be won like i would i would have been watching this movie only feeling like the musical cues to tell me when the tense moment was happening or what was supposed to be important i had no concept of like oh they're about to you know win three points against them like win win three points against them yeah, that's great know, baseball terminology all, all joking and and long rambling sentences aside, it does, you know, it, it makes sense it, it, for a little bit from the baseball perspective. But the more you dig into it, the weirder it gets. Honestly, One last thing about baseball okay. and then I won't talk about, about baseball, it again. Did y'all think it was weird? That, that the Sox the, were in the World Series? Yeah. No, it's not the World Series, though. The oh, big so climactic game that. is the pennant. Yep. So when the movie ends, they're all happy and they're rejoicing. But they still have to go to the World Series. They could yep. still lose. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like, when your team wins the pennant, that's great. But I've just, it's always struck me as odd that, like, but what, 
what what happened next <laughs> there's there's still more baseball there's arguably a larger better conclusion the world the series Angels couldn't help from there on out so it didn't matter they shouldn't continue the movie obviously i, I, just, I, I, think, I mean apparently so you're saying that angels can help in the alds but they can't help in the alcs that doesn't make any sense to me right. <laughs> al said there was lots of rules al had many specific things and al came from i think american league because he grabbed that guy's yes. hat because it was an American League umpire who had a wears a hat with the AL on it for American League, and I thought, like for some reason, I remembered there being a Paul Simon joke there, where he puts on the hat and says, "You can call me Al," but he totally doesn't say that, and I was disappointed. He does say, "You can call me Al," uh, but you no, know, he says he says something different. He oh. doesn't he doesn't quote the Paul Simon song that I thought he would. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. hold on, I need some for... water because I've talked about too much baseball. Yeah, and y'all want to know who my favorite character is? Though? I would love to know who your favorite character is, Daniel. Who is it? JP. JP. Oh, my God, yes. JP. Really, seriously. The he has done nothing after it this, could happen, but he's so cute and just like so lovable. Yeah. And, like, oh man, when he looks at the car because. Like he used to live in a car and like that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And then he thinks he's not getting adopted at the end. That's heartbreaking. And then he just kept keeps saying, It could happen. And that's just It could happen. She's so cute. He's so lovable. And everything that he says could happen does happen. Does happen. It does. It does. Who is your favorite character? Oh, I actually we've already talked too much about him. I think it was uh McDermott uh or um mcdonough rather sorry yeah, uh, yeah. not dermot mulroney who no, not dermot mulroney Neil mcdonough gordon levin's dad yes joseph gordon levin's dad that was the one person we did not get to talk about it's, it's, it's like there's on one side i wrote down yeah. all of these well-known actors that are crushing it already at their point in this careers and then on the other side there's all of these people who are like early stages of their career but are now people if you don't know their name you definitely know their face right and then mix in a good mix of like character actors who maybe you don't know so much about but have been pretty successful yeah dermot mcroll dermot mcrolney yeah dermot his he's (laughs) the guy muldoon the old older man from new girl who just dates for a while right yes the smoking hot gray hair yes yes that is absolutely who he is that was what you knew him from russ yes russell but anyway no i love the the idiot guy uh who gets hit in the head with a baseball bat and is chewing too much gum and i just that's a hilarious character to me and ben i loved uh david uh played by taylor negron he was the front office guy who has to accompany the kids everywhere i thought negron did an incredible job of just like being the the sort the of almost deadpan comic relief of yes. just yes. being the guy who constantly is sitting in nachos or whatever. It was it, it was a lot of fun. Just his exact like exasperation, but acceptance of like this is my job. I have to do these stupid things for these children, and no one's telling me why, but I'm just gonna do it. They yes. keep paying me. You know, speaking yeah. of that, I didn't understand why every time they wanted to talk to the manager, they made him go away. Well, they explain in the movie. No, oh, did, were you going to? Oh, by all means, Ben, please. This is your podcast. I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> yes, but you're our guest and I'd rather you speak. Great. Uh, I like speaking. Um, as you may have noticed. No, they, they clearly explain in the movie that if more people know about the angels, it's going to be less likely to work. Yeah. I got obviously. that part, but they couldn't just have a side conversation <laughs> they had to keep sending him away also what yeah. about all of the audience members that had those box seats they were the same people the whole season right and also about what about when the story comes out in the news and now everyone has heard that there are angels and maybe they don't believe it but they've heard about it but that nothing changes see but that happens right before the championship game so when you stop and think about it when he says can't help out with championships maybe that was just him being like nice about the fact that he was like no we're not helping because you spilled the beans it really jumps straight from late in the regular season to the last game in the the championship series like deep in the playoffs you're There's a weird time prob- jump. You're probably right. You're probably right. Which is I, why this movie did not help my understanding of baseball. <laughs> right. Um, but can we talk about something other than baseball? Please do. <laughs> no. Said, I mean, obviously the movie's about baseball, but can we talk about like the lay-on? <laughs> baseball is the lay-on for this horribly tragic story, <laughs> Very right? Very sappy. Yeah. It's so sad. Story. Man, I, 
honestly, Nick and I cried a lot. Yeah, Nick won't admit it. He'll admit it. I'll admit it. We both cried. I cried at the beginning when, like, you find out his dad is literally just giving him away. He's like, yeah, man, sorry. Yeah, and he keeps he keeps talking to him like, yeah, I know I said that the last time when I was here that I told you the next time you saw me, I'd be coming to get you for good. But uh, life doesn't work out that way. Sorry, slugger. Like, damn. But, like, let's be real. Would his life with dad, like that dad be any good at all? N- no, clearly no. not. He'd literally have strapped him onto the back of that motorcycle and driven him to Canada or something. Yeah, he would have wound up in prison. He would have been a child, some sort of delinquent, a juvenile delinquent. That's the term I was looking for. That's true. But then when he comes back in the courtroom and he realizes that, like, his dad is actually giving him away, whoo, baby, that's some JGL brilliance right there. And that's why he's such a good actor. His acting in that movie was shockingly good. Yeah. Especially in that courtroom scene, the turn. Like, he's a child. He should not be good at that at like those how dare he he's his the facial expressions and just the changing emotions from within the scenes were just so complex it was just it was good yeah he was brilliant and then i will say danny glover also does a really good job sure of being a jerk at the beginning yeah i literally have a note that just says man danny glover's a dick (laughs) he beats up his players which you You know i was watching that um sports Two weeks ago, one of the Bears players got into a physical fight with the other team. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this is this is sports. But he beats up his own players and he's very mean to them. And, you know, they just have a ragtag bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then you find mm-hmm. out you find out Danny's. Sorry. What's his name? Uh, George. Right. You're talking about Danny Glover. Yeah. Just refer to him as Danny Glover. That's OK. Keep talking. George. The George Knox. George Knox. Um, he he has a right to be angry because that evil announcer dude purposely blew out his knee when he was a professional player. Did you catch that? Yeah. Oh yeah. They definitely have like an actually set up villain in this. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that beef from when I watched it earlier in the movie. I, I, I didn't know that they had that sort of backstory that's just like thrown away in one line. Yeah. But which is actually really artful writing when you think about it, because I, it makes their behavior make sense with nothing other than a single line. I guess. It didn't really seem necessary. Like, it makes sense that they hate each other, but like, I don't know. Did they need to hate each other? (laughs) Would the movie have been worse? Like, you know. Well, I think it's, again, wanting to have you have someone who you specifically root against, right? They don't really. The White Sox as a sort of foil to our heroes don't come in until the very end. It's not like they're, you know, playing against them or, or racing against them to, to, to get the pennant. Sure, uh, you know, throughout baseball the, So you have to have, uh, <laughs> because they don't know how to do baseballs. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have to have a foil. And I thought he made a good foil. And then I also sure. know he's the villain because there was actually, I made a moment, when JP first tells him about the angels, because he like kind of overhears from the other room and then he comes down and sits down to talk to JP. The director also did a phenomenal job. If you go back and watch that scene where he shoots uh, that character, I can't remember the actor's name. Hold on one second. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the the announcer, the evil announcer, J. O. Sanders. J. O. Sanders. He shoots him in angles that are like. 1980s horror like it's like things yeah. you would see of like freddy krueger where like it's this weird odd angle shot up towards him and it's kind of like making his head look bigger than it is while he's talking to jp and he's like oh tell me about this and it was like so weird because i've never noticed before until last night that it's like shot in a way that's different from the rest of the movie but it's shot making him like an evil monster for that scene which is i think like the culmination of where he's at and why you know he's the villain well he's also a jerk because there's a very nice vanilla boy who also wants to be an announcer and he keeps getting his microphone turned off he's like less, less is, is more, more. <laughs> new guy yeah yeah that's another yeah. question i have which one of those guys is doing play-by-play and which one is doing color because ranch is clearly a uh you know he's a previous player it makes sense that he'd be doing color commentary but like he seems to be taking care of all the play-by-play and uh, i don't know if you noticed ranch couldn't handle to have anyone else on the mic yeah yeah it's weird yeah it's it's almost like there's a villain on this podcast (laughs) Uh, nick's looking at ben right now just so you guys know um (laughs) also his name is ranch here's another baseball-y question Sure. Kind of. I asked this to Nick yesterday. I said, how do you think they got, like, those were the actual uniforms for the MLB. Like, how do you think they got all the rights to show? I know they didn't have the little... Licensing. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means uh, we pay, pay you money and we get to use your logo and uniforms in our movie. Oh, okay. Happens all the time. I mean, oh. 
Is there anything else, Danielle, that you wanted to make sure we covered before we uh, head towards our end? Oh, I haven't even started yet. Oh, goodness. So, I mean, I just want to say that I love Danny Glover's like turn, his character turn. I think the first part that just made me chuckle so much when he's like, stop swearing so much. Ooh, that was really loud. Sorry, listeners. It's okay. It's okay. Stop swearing so much. And they're like, huh? <laughs> I love a good huh? Moment. And it was yeah, just a range of of tones. There's a, a real harmony in that, huh? Yes. It happens yes. uh, later in the movie when they switch in uh, Hammerling for Mitchell. Yes, yeah, <laughs> a very musical, uh, symphon- symphonic. Uh-huh. There were some, there were some people hitting high notes. There's definitely a huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also then you just keep his character arc. It just keeps going where he's like, "What I owe you guys everything. What's the one thing you that you want?" And then they just want to play baseball with him and that made me cry too because that's Mm. like uh internal daddy issues for me but like all these kids just want a dad to play baseball with them i thought that was very very sweet um and then the i honestly didn't take as many notes as i usually do because man this movie is captivating you're just you're just in it you're just in it ben is there anything that you've like absolutely felt you needed to talk about about this i have one last baseball question and, but don't worry it's not going to get deep like the last ones okay so clearly there are some super all natu- supernatural shenanigans going super on are natural okay yep. yeah i was yes. gonna say we haven't talked about the act- the angels yet sure. <laughs> however roger is the only one that can see the angels so for everyone else all the other players the umpires the fans for everyone else watching this all they see is a guy jumps and then travels yeah, yeah, literally just possible <laughs> or someone hits a little just a little infield chopper that like bounces and zigzags around in ways that balls cannot and instead of like tearing their hair out and going <laughs> mad at the the impossibility the the lovecraftian horror that is unfolding <laughs> in front of them this clearly cannot be either i'm hallucinating or we've entered a new realm where uh, physics has no meaning that we thought it had before everyone's just cool about it everyone's just like the angels are doing pretty good why like why did people buy that you know what I do y'all think too. yeah i thought like i think the rest of the support that the angels give besides the guy floating, but like making the ball go faster or slowing them down or helping them slide. I was like, okay, I buy that. But where the ball's like, bing, bong, bing, bong, and then it lands on someone's hat and then rolls off their hat. I was like, yeah, this makes it. None of of what the angels do is possible, except for maybe like one home run. But still, that bat shatters in a way that bats don't. Like, obviously, (laughs) you'll get a broken bat hit from time to time, but they don't just splinter into a million pieces like that. You know, you still have a good two, three chunks of bat. I can buy that maybe a guy jumps extra far. Maybe a guy hits a very hard home run. But when the ball's moving around like that, you got to ask questions. (laughs) Like, that cannot be. That is true. I did think this movie was very believable aside from that scene. And the one where they're going to, this made no sense to me. He was going to get fired because a little kid said there was angels. And I was like, why, why are they going to let the manager go for a eight year old kid being like, there's angels that are helping the angels. Like, am I crazy? So he's on thin ice as a manager, as it is, obviously they've, you know, they've done nothing but lose since he got there for several seasons in a row. And now he's straight up punching one of his starting pitchers (laughs) for not wanting to leave the game. That's a problem. So then when uh, upper management hears the story that, Hey, you know, your coach who's doing a bad job in fighting his fighting his players. He thinks that there are angels helping the team. You, you know, you're, you're already questioning his judgment on a lot of things. So if you were to hear that, maybe he believes in something that you don't and thinks that these invisible creatures are helping the baseball team, maybe that's that's the sign it's time to let him go. That's it's, it's the, it's the, the let, final straw, yeah, as they say. Let your bench coach take over the, for the <laughs> remainder of the year. Okay, that's fair. But I will say the one thing that I think was just so endearing about this movie is how... Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> He was very no JP is more endearing than mm. Joseph Gordon him. Joseph uh, Gordon Jr. <laughs> I can't say his name. Is the emotional just, emotional add-ons <laughs> throughout the movie? Like, listen, this is another throwaway line where Nick and I looked at each other like, who? Mel, what's his name? Mel. Mel Clark. 
Yeah, I keep wanting to say Mel Brooks. Mel Clark has six <laughs> months left to live. Yeah, yeah. This movie begins with our main character telling us about his mom being dead, yes. and it ends with two characters looking at another character and saying, "He's gonna die soon." Yeah. and that's how the movie ends. That's how they keep him in because they're like, "Well, he's gonna die. He won't make it to next season, anyways." Yeah, like the that Any whole dramatic thing where there's like the edge of like, "Should we keep him in? Should we not keep him in? Should we keep him in? Should we not keep him in?" And George and Gordon Levitt's character, like, <laughs> yeah, you can't say his name either. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. George Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Look <laughs> at me go. I can say <laughs> words right. Uh, it's you know we. It's not like we have our voices. It's not like you have a goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like the the fact that it's. it's it's, that is that is some some dark stuff and they actually spend a lot of time then letting you think about that because of course yeah. they then are questioning whether to take him out or not and you know what's going through the jgl's head coffee, of him being a, like uh, you yeah. you see a lot of characters in this movie smoking well this is, it's I, a very heavy movie i was gonna say it's i didn't like i can think of this movie being among the first where there's a clear very clear anti-smoking uh yeah. like message being sent uh, to the listeners. Uh, I think as a kid, I, I never caught that that guy was going to die. You see oh, three people smoking in this movie. Two of them are bad guys, Ranch and the dad. Yep. Uh, and one of them, we're going to learn he dies shortly yeah. after the events of the movie. So yeah. clearly, don't do it. That is that is some artful, subliminal shit. Thank you yeah. so much, Disney. And now that's why we have vaping instead. Wow. But, oh my God, so <laughs> deep eye roll there. The one Mel Clark would still be alive today if he had just been jeweling. Absolutely, <laughs> obviously, because it's yeah. it's the science is so there. Right. And could you imagine they, Ranch they... when he puts out a cigarette and the other guy's coffee, just dropping a vape pin in there? No, <laughs> don't be absurd. <laughs> if his dad was vaping on the motorcycle instead of smoking, he would still look like a huge dick, <laughs> but a less cool dick. So he actually should be smoking in that scene. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but one of the things that stuck with me most over the years with this movie is just that scene of him sitting down on the motorcycle, taking a, a big, sitting down, he says, from where I sit, takes a big drag, flicks the cigarette, win the angels, win the pennant. I don't know what it is, but that like, that stuck in my brain more than any other part of this movie. That's because McDermott, he does a great job of acting. McDermott. Yep. <laughs> but can we, we... We say names. Danielle, please, what were you trying to wrap say? Wrap it all up into... The overall message besides don't smoke kids of the of the whole movie is just like all you have to do is believe. Believe like, in yourself. In I would yourself. Argue. It is so beautiful and it's so uplifting. And like the the fans that like you start the movie, there's no fans in the stands. And then at the end, they're dressed in angels, which is like so believable for baseball. Oh, totally. You know, that like fans. Yeah. You turn around crazy. a season like that. And then they all get and do the little flappy angels at the end. And so George is actually the one who comes up with that idea at the end, right? It's yeah, I was going to say, Roger. It's JGL George. does not lie. Yeah, George is the one who's um, like, yeah, you have an angel with you. There yeah. is another message this movie has. Oh, tell us. Uh, and that is angels are real and they will help you, but only if you're a good person. So if you, the watcher, have not had angels help you, too bad. <laughs> it's on you. Yeah, turn your shit around and maybe they will next time. You know, it's funny. We were listening to the description of the 1951 that this was a remake of, and yeah. clearly there's much more of that message yeah. in the original than there is in this one, because the whole description of the synopsis for that film talks much more about the George Knox character being a yeah. dick and it being like the whole movie is about like him wrestling with whether or not yeah, he's like his be able to story. stay a good enough guy to deserve the angels helping. Them. Yeah, I've like I've been curious about that movie ever since I found out about it a few months ago. Uh, but I think, like, man, I'm, I should just watch it as soon as we're done recording here. Yeah, I really not? might. Yeah, take Lane and go watch better it. to do tonight. Um, because it's got you know a lot of Christian undertones and uh, but just an overall good message, y'all. Yeah, believe in yourself. And I think it was a really good movie that we needed to watch during this not so uplifting time. Indeed, and I think it pairs therefore very well with our uh, finding love in quarantine everyone uh two Certainly. new things for one just have faith in general yeah and most importantly have faith in yourself and also be a better person and maybe yeah. things will go your way wear your mask okay uh so anyway uh let, why don't we let our uh guest go first in terms of ben at this point of the podcast we are going to give it a zero out of five hearts okay and can we put that in baseball terms 
<laughs> you can after a moment. Uh, <laughs> and then I would like you to also tell us, would you renew your vows with this movie? So give it sort of an overall objective. This is, you know, zero out of five rating. And then yeah. a, did it hold up? Is it, do you, do you still love it as much as you remember? So in baseball recruiting, there's this idea of tools, uh, which are certain skills that a uh, baseball player has. Uh, they are there, there's five of them. So a really good recruit is called a five tool player. All and right, all right, all right. A decent player will have a, you know a, a number. So I'm gonna say this was a three tool movie. Oh. Uh, you know it can. Then you give it three. Just barely fresh if it was Rotten it, Tomatoes. It, okay. It's, it's fielding and it's throwing are pretty good. It can hit for average, but it, it's it's not very quick and it can't. No, actually it is quick. So we'll say it's it's got good speed because it's only like 102 minutes. Um, it can hit for average, you know, it's pretty decent. It doesn't really hit for power very well. It's fielding is all right. Uh, it's arms. Not great though. So this is a, this is a solid three tool movie, which is, which is good. It's all better right. than most. Okay. Uh, but you know, I think, uh, like I do love this movie and a lot of that might be nostalgia regions reasons mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, there, there are from a completely sort of objective film criticism standpoint, it's probably not the best, but I think it's, it's a good movie. It's, I'd give it three out of five, which okay. for me is good. Okay. 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 Nick. And well, but hold on. I want to know, oh, sorry. is it know? just nostalgia then, or would you renew your vows? I think I would. I like, it's impossible to say given the history I have with this movie, but I, I believe that if, you know, last night I watched this movie for the first time, I would absolutely be willing to watch it again. Very so good. to put it in baseball terms, he it's a three-tool player, but we're gonna give him a contract extension. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I like that. I he's, I he's he's not a starter, you know, but he's good. To, he'll come in the late. So innings. anyway, I was I would say that I I would definitely renew my vows. This movie, I I felt many of the feels. I had so many things stirred and also just sort of, it held up. It's just such a very heartwarming film uh, that it reminded me of, you know, feeling, uh, feeling joy and hope again. In terms of objectively rating it, I am gonna rate it higher than Ben, but I will admit there are some elements that, that could be executed better. Uh, however, I'm gonna float it higher because I truly feel like the acting in this movie is something that is to behold you really do see yeah. some early career people you see some masters of their craft and and it's and it goes under the radar and gets uh underrated in my opinion so uh, with all of that said i'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five hearts wow okay. that's it's pretty that's, pretty that's pretty hot. good i too would renew my vows and i'm so glad i did last night because just like you ben i haven't watched it in like 15 to 20 years yeah at least and it wasn't just nostalgia for me. It was like, oh, this is a nice little message. Um, one point that I didn't say, I have lots of things, but just the last thing, the music in this movie lends so much to the the feelings that it gives you. It's very like heartwarming. Na, 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 we don't need yeah. na, 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 people can look up the soundtrack. All right, yep. Mm -hmm. And so my hearts or my baseballs, let me tell you how many balls I would give this one. <laughs> I would give I gave y'all a perfectly good metric. <laughs> I don't like that. Just chosen not to use it. I would give it It's our podcast, Ben. 4.75 balls. 4.75. I feel like this 4. is the only why. That's incredibly high. Because I feel like I give every one of these movies 5 because I just love I love the movies that I love. Danielle's not so good at the whole objectively rating things. That's why we have the two separate uh, so that we can delineate sure. a little bit more. No, I, Danielle's, I think, I think how many, how many uh, hearts did you give Hocus Pocus last month? 100. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Out of five. So. I mean, like, movies are art, and art is inherently subjective. So really all that matters is whether or not you liked it. So your, your criticism, your, your giving it a 4.75 is equally as valid as my three. Oh, gee, thanks. I'm glad that we have your permission, Ben. And it's because, let me... I know, I'm saying, don't feel... I'm saying, stop shaming your wife for enjoying movies. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Ben. Finally, someone has told him that. Um, it's because Disney tackled some hard emotional stuff. I work with Indeed. a lot of students who are in foster care systems, and yeah. so, like, yeah. it was just like a... You work with a lot of baseball players with anger problems. Correct. I work with... Yes. <laughs> so, it was just very um, poignant, as the kids yeah. are saying. 
So it's uh, it's touching. Are the kids saying poignant? Is that a super hot? Is that coming back in the? the I got teen slang? Out calling my wife out, so I'm gonna you know was gonna leave that to you, yeah, but you I was wondering the, the same thing. Podcast, you can't okay, you I'm can't get on TikTok without Love seeing the word poignant all over the place. <laughs> it's actually one of the new dances. Okay, so thank you, Ben, for being here. You're welcome. Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed us uh, chatting about this. Hopefully you go and find, refine the the joy that is Angels in the Outfield and find a little bit of uh, faith in yourself while watching it. Yeah. And with that, I love you, Nick. I love you, Danny. And, and we, we love, love you, Ben. Uh-huh. And we love you, listener. Thank you so much for listening and be well. Oh, wait. Shouldn't wait. Ben plug himself? Yes, he should. And we're going to go ahead and edit <laughs> I'll that. I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, yes, I'll, I'll actually probably just chop that off and move it. So Ben, would no, you mind really plugging you. yourself real quick, please? So before we leave you go, listeners, uh, Ben, where can the uh, our glorious movie lovers find you? Sure. If you like listening to me talk about movies in ways that are sometimes irrelevant and sometimes hostile, uh, <laughs> I have a podcast where I do a lot of that. Uh, also, if you enjoy uh, listening to me come up with uh, ways to judge movies that are just sort of pointless again you can listen to uh my podcast the dreamweaver podcast wherein me and my two co-hosts john and olivia are watching and reviewing every single movie in sigourney weaver's filmography in chronological order uh we're about halfway through and boy it's uh, a long way to go yet um yeah so you, you can check that chronological out. order chronological as my co-host who is bad with words olivia might say uh, you can check that out on iTunes, Spotify, your podcast store of choice. It's called the Dreamweaver Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamweaverPod. If you just like me in general, uh, tell me why, because I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get for what from the last uh, hour and a half-ish would be so appealing to you that you would want to find out more about sort of what I bring to the table in non-movie-related contexts. But if you're so inclined... Thank you. And I'm curious as to your intentions, but I'm not going to stop you. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at benhebert.com. That's at B-E-N-H-E-B-E-R-T-D-O-T-C-O-M at B-E-N-H-E-B-E-R-T-D-O-T-C-O-M. And also at Monster Mixtape on <laughs> Oh, yeah. If live comedy ever becomes a thing again, yeah. Yeah, I will post about that usually on <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. If you follow me on Instagram now, it's just going to be cat pictures. So totally do it. Can't wait to see that. But yeah, when we're back in real life, Ben and I also do comedy. Ben does comedy. I am loud and say a lot of things on a stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed. (laughs) We do comedy near each other. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why it can't happen right now. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Anything y'all have to plug before I wrap things up on my podcast here? Yeah, um, every- this is how I get this is what I do. I come on other people's podcasts and just take over mid show. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm comfortable with it. Every All other right. Sunday, wait, I have something to plug. Every other Sunday, you can watch me, Danny, in case you were curious who was talking right now. Um, I, at comedy sports rec league shows, so come watch me do short form comedy in little Zoom boxes. They they do some inventive stuff with the with utilizing the Zoom medium. I gotta say, I gotta say, it's making making some pretty tasty lemons lemonade out of some pretty bitter lemons. Yeah, it's semi entertaining. I'd say that. Follow us on Twitter at the letter N Love with Movies, on Facebook at facebook.com slash with movies and love, and on Instagram and TikTok at in love underscore with movies. You can email us at withmoviesinlove, that's all one word, withmoviesinlove at gmail.com to share your own love stories with us, suggest future love topics that you might want to hear us discuss, or just to say, hey, we'd like to hear from you. Hey. All original music written and performed by Danny Smith with our theme song remixed by Paul Brandt. And this whole podcast was produced and edited by my lovely husband, Nicholas Baldwin. And special thanks to Nick Stretchberry for our website and podcast art. We did it! (laughs) She won't scream and she won't shout. She'll tell you what this movie's all about.
Whether you're married or single, time for Danny's Dingle.